straight, straight from South Africa. South Africa. This is the strange and mysterious world with your hosts, Lee Straightman, William Collinson. Collinson. Good afternoon and welcome to season one, episode 10, Strange and Mysterious World. This is uh, William and Lee. Well, how's it going? Good, Lee. How's it going with okay. you, man? Awesome. No, it's going very well. Thanks, bud. Um, obviously, this is going to be our last podcast for 2023. And then going yeah. on next week to, yeah, the next one will be in 2024. Our next one, I think uh, you wanted to discuss Atlantis and Lemuria. Yes, yeah, I'll be leading some really interesting yeah. stuff. And then also, I mean, it's just, I mean, look, the, the mystery school that they, they teach us about Atlantis and, and Lemuria, so I can't really talk about what they tell me. But the thing is that I've been reading other things like by Rudolf Steiner and stuff like that, and it's, and it's, mm. um, very interesting. That's what I can talk about. So that'd be great to go into that. But then on another, so, on another positive note, that um, the the documentary, the three documentaries I produced and directed, one on African mermaids, another one on called Clearpoint: The Awakening, which is our consciousness and the awakening, and also the our UFO documentary that me and oh yeah, you, you were the star of, man. Well, one of the stars. yeah, that- I mean, there was quite a lot of people <laughs> we interviewed in that. But like, uh, so. Anyway, so uh, Netflix, um, it, it got to Netflix. They've made an offer, and uh, yeah, it's looking pretty good. So um, we just want to see what Amazon Prime come back and say, and then we'll make a decision which what happens, where it goes. So it looks like there's – which also brings me to another thing is that this last few weeks, like I've been doing a lot of stuff in the mystery school, like uh, other classes, and um, like I did Sacred Geometry 2 and 3, um, and also, I've, I've just uh, received my my Reiki. Um, I'm like a qualified Reiki practitioner now for Ensophic okay, Reiki, cool. which is supposed to be the purest form of Reiki, the purest ray. It's called Ensophic Ray. It's energy healing, eh? Yes, energy healing. So I mean, like, I never even wanted. I never knew I was ever going to get into this stuff or whatever. But it's just kind of one thing leads to the other, and I just kind of snowballed. And now all of a sudden, I, I'm not qualified to do. Thank you. Ah, that's awesome. We must actually do a podcast on that. Maybe early next year, we must do a podcast on that. Yeah, yeah. So, and I can do, and, and we just finished yesterday, actually, and there's the distance, how to do the distance Reiki healing. So, if there's any listeners out there that want some distant Reiki healing, um, let us know. Um, okay. And, uh, and then also, I heard something strange. Well, maybe you can, you can uh, tell me if this is true or not. But uh, I was listening on Mysterious Universe, uh, I think it was last week's episode. Some guy was healing people with an apple. So they've got to go and get an apple. And then uh, he was healing them well, with apples. Well, it's, so, <laughs> it's so funny that you say that. Because I also, I also yeah. listened to that one. And, and it's funny because I just did Sacred Geometry 3, right? Which yeah. is um, which heals the seven layers of your aura um, yeah. in this class that I learned. And part of it is it's, it's been handed down from the Egyptian through the through the mystery schools, through the Egyptians. And that's so it's like a, it's a, an Egyptian healing when you call on the you know, the gods and the goddesses of uh, the Egyptian um, mystery schools and 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 they kind of hold a space where you do this this uh, this healing, which is supposed to be fantastic for trauma. And once you've cleared out all of these things in your structure of your aura that's uh, related to any of this trauma that you've been going through in your life, then you, it, it, you know, it, it, it brings in a lot more clarity in your life. You manifest a lot of things that are stuck that you've been trying to manifest that it, it flows more freely to you. And there's like a whole lot of, you know, health benefits and, and all of that. So 
Anyway, so I went to go do this healing before I went to the class to see what it was about. And like I'm sitting there and I'm doing this healing and it and it it, 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 it involves a potato, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> but it's to put all of the stuff that you go into, like all of the stuff, it has to go somewhere. So it goes into the potato, right? But I mean, I'm sitting there, I'm yeah. thinking, oh my gosh, this is by far like you know, the <laughs> dumbest thing I've ever done. Like, I mean, in respect to it, but, but like, I, I was just saying, like, oh my gosh, what am I doing now? But but the thing is, like, on my whole spiritual journey and like all of this metaphysical stuff, I mean, the things that I've seen and I've that, done that, that I thought was so impossible through you know, like years ago, before any of this, you know, I could even think about any of this, I, I thought it was all nuts. And then, so I have to like, you know, like I go in with an open mind, even though I think it's crazy, because I'm like, yeah, well, you know, the other things that you believe were crazy a few years ago, they, they like, that turned out to be real, because you actually experienced it. So you just got to just go with the flow here, man. So anyway, so, and it involves a potato. That's just so funny because then how's that for, uh, what do you call it a synchronicity where we listen to that uh, mysterious universe and they bring up a, a healing with an apple. And I was like, okay, yeah. well, that's weird, but wait a second, I've just done a thing with a potato. But anyway, so like, that, 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 yeah, that was also before I did the, uh, because we were, I was having troubles with getting the documentary sold to, um, to a, a platform, like a streaming platform. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like even Amazon Prime were like, you know, they were taking forever and the guy like went on maternity leave and all of this stuff was happening. And then so I thought, okay, let me try this potato healing thing. And also I'm going to do the class. So I went and did the potato healing. Well, it's not called the potato healing. I just, it's, it's a <laughs> seven layer. That's fine. Well, I know what you took about. It's actually a very long name. I wish I had the, I only had to, to say the name, but um, so anyway, I did the healing and, um, you know, I walked out of there. It actually, it's really like, it's, it's quite amazing. Like I walked out of there extremely drained. Like I had to like, you know, sit for a while before I actually started driving home. And then the next day I had to, I had to drive like three hours to do this shoot. Um, and I'm, I'm busy driving. And, um, well, firstly I couldn't sleep. I like woke up again at like three in the morning or whatever. And, and I had to start driving at seven. So I woke up at three and I couldn't sleep until seven and I started driving and I'm driving and I started trying to think of this concept for a movie or whatever and it got very sci-fi and like i was thinking of all this stuff and then all of a sudden i'm thinking oh my god this is actually relate this is actually relating to my life and i got so emotional i started like basically crying and i'm, I'm, I'm like crying from like <laughs> <laughs> crying for three hours <laughs> <laughs> i'm crying like there's a, there's a pass solari's pass and it goes over this mountain to and there's a famous pass shop about 15 or 20 minute drive over the pastors so i'm like bawling my eyes out there and I mean, the only reason I stopped crying was because I wanted to go get a pie at the pie shop. So <laughs> I got the pie. And then I'm phoning Sunette, the lady that did the eating for me. I'm like, Sunette, what's going on here? Like, I, I, I got to get to work. I can't be rock up there crying like a baby and like looking like this. This is insane. What's going on? <laughs> She's like, no, no, don't worry. You're just releasing whatever. So anyway, that night, the meeting with Netflix came about and they made an offer. So okay, awesome. I think maybe I don't know the healing or whatever. So the potato worked. Going to call you Mr. Potato Head from now. So so yeah, then I went to the class and I was like, it's it's amazing. Now I, now I know how to do that. So yeah, I mean, anybody wants to put a seven layer Egyptian or a healing, um, yeah, just contact me. I, I, I'll I'll gladly do that for you um anyway so then then we then i'm in this now i'm i'm on the shoot right and we're shooting there's a lady that's doing this organization it's called 
ban- joint bands, not gangs. And she's uh, and and she's teaching. She goes into the big problem with gangsterism in South Africa, like um, with drugs and uh, and I mean, it's, it's another whole story to get into the whole gang thing. But now she's trying to teach them how to to do music instead of becoming gangsters, right? So, and I've been on those shoots before. Like we go into these like really dodgy areas, and like we interviewing people, and they, and then like I remember one time they were shooting. There was a whole shooting outside on the streets. The gangsters were shooting each other. And we had to go inside and like sit in the house that we were filming at and just wait for it to all cool down before we like left. And I'm like shooting myself because I'm thinking I've got all this equipment. I can just like <laughs> come here and just steal it all and kill us. So anyway, so then so now we 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 drive and we go to this one gangster now. That's like he's he's a. Uh, um, what do you call it? A rehabilitated gangster. So I'm at his house, and he's showing me across the way. He's like, "These are the drug lord, the the, the the drug lords live. They do the human trafficking there. Those are the gangsters there. They're all outside of the big cars, and that it's a really dodgy place. And I'm like, I'm, you know, I'm feeling really uncomfortable. But anyway, I've got to take him to because we're going to do some bureau of him on the beach and stuff. So now, I, like, I'm driving with him, and he's telling me his life story, and he's telling me like, that's how I want to get him on the show. Like, I'm hoping like next our next episode, if we don't do Atlantis, we maybe interview this guy because. He's just telling me like how he like when he was twelve years old, his 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 cousin that was like a, um, you know really into gangsterism and stuff like I was telling him how like with a knife like where you must stab to kill people and stuff. So then he he he's like walking home and these other two kids kind of steal his. Uh, he went to the shops to buy some stuff and and the kids stole the stuff from him. So he, so he went home and he got a knife and he went there and he found the two guys and he stabbed these two kids to death. Ish. And then he like. So he went to prison and then he got out of prison and also then he killed and then he was in then he became one of the numbers at 26, which is like you know, the, it's, it's blood and money. Like they look after the money and they and they kill people in the gangs. Then he killed another two people, whatever, and then he went for quite a long sentence. And then he he said then he had this Jesus experience that was like so profound. I mean, he was telling me this, I don't want to ruin it on this show. We'll talk, we'll get him. And they'd like changed his life and he came out of this so like that now he's running a rehab center, well, not a rehab center, like a rehabilitation center for people that are paraplegic or quadriplegic. And like, okay. he went into the place that that uh, uh, he runs and, and I'm interviewing this, you know, they're all other, they're all ca- uh, people that have been are disabled from gangsterism. So like they've been shot in the back, stabbed in the neck, whatever, that have severed all their things. So like, you know, interviewing the one guy and he's there and he's a quadriplegic and he's like, father was killed with gangsters and his two brothers were killed with gangsterism and then he was shot in the back and that's why he's a quadriplegic. It's you know, a fascinating guy, but his Jesus story was so cool that I just thought, you know, <laughs> we have to have him on the show to like talk to him. But the problem is he, he talks really like, like this. Or he talks like this. So I don't know. If, and I, I don't know for for international viewers. Shot I mean, in the throat, maybe. They probably so. They probably don't yeah. even know what we're saying because of our accents. Now we're gonna have this guy going, "Oh, you're talking about us. <laughs> because his one lungs collapsed because he smoked so much tick. Uh, he was okay. a gangster, like um, ticks me, uh, me. Yeah. Uh, he that is one lung collapse. So he like talks like us now. Anyway, so I thought we'd maybe have him on the show then. So just a quick one before you move on there. Was he yeah. sitting behind you? So when you were driving, was he sitting no, no, directly he wasn't, behind you? He wasn't. He wasn't uh, I was going to say, so, you, so your third eye wasn't activated to be watching him. You've got eyes in the back of your head, Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, cool. But, uh, and then that next documentary that I've just been on uh, uh, the last few days was um, 
illegal diamond mining up on the, the Namibian border. So we went to the Namibian border and like I'm filming these people that are doing like all these illegal diamond mines. They they dig like they dig like 20 meters down and they get to the bedrock and they start digging like 16 to 30 meters along the bedrock. And then they live in these tunnels for like weeks. And then they like, they shit and they piss in the tunnel. So it's very unhygienic. And then they're crawling on their hands and knees and they're scraping their arms. So then all this, they're getting infected and getting gangrene and arms. They're living in these conditions and they, the tunnels collapse like all the time because obviously they don't have structures to hold the tunnels up properly. So then mm -hmm. there's like, you know, fatalities like weekly in those tunnels. And we like, we're interviewing this lady that she's 35 years old, she's from Zimbabwe. And now she's like, she's traveled all the way some, from Zimbabwe to come and mine on these things to support her family. And I mean, you must check her. She's got like this electric like chisel thing. And you, I, I wish I could show you the video. Like she's down in these tunnels and she's just drilling away like, in the, the most shittest conditions you can imagine. And and she's 35. And I'm just thinking like, oh my God, like I know 35 year olds that are sitting at home right now. They don't have a job. They're moaning how horrible their life is and how depressed they are and blah, blah, blah. And all this crap. And I'm just thinking, this woman is like putting her life on the line. She's in the worst conditions. She's traveled all the way from Zimbabwe, like thousands and thousands of kilometers to dig in this mine. And I'm just thinking that the will for her to survive and her ambition and her will and her drive is just so incredible. And I was just so inspired. And I'm just thinking, like, you know, people just do not have the, the, the you don't have a right to complain. Like, if you want, you know, she mm. wants to, she is making her life happen. And like, and I mean, even to get those diamonds sold on the, the, the black market, it's not like you can just go Google something like, hey, you know, diamond, who wants to buy a diamond? You know, you can't Google that stuff or find, she's found that thing. And I mean, she, she, the one diamond she sold for 1.9 million rand, which I mean, I don't know how much sure. the dollars you would have to divide that by what, 20 on the black market. And then she was showing me videos of the amount, like what a hundred, like what a 1.9 million dollars looks like and she's showing the yeah. videos and it's just like piles and piles of money and then she to get back to the zimbabwean border the people that buy the down from on the black market actually arrange like a like a squad like a security vessel to take her so she's safe to get to then we interviewed this other guy and like that he, he he got a diamond and he got paid only two hundred sixty thousand rand and he got so excited he went to kfc and now he's like splurging now he's buying everybody kfc you know he's going nuts <laughs> like you imagine like someone that's never had money before in their life. I mean, this guy's off the streets. Uh -huh. Story is like so incredible. Like he's been living on the streets, whatever, and he found out you can go dig for diamonds. And you know, he making like you know ten rand a day, and he's all of a you know begging. Now he's got all of a sudden two hundred fifty thousand rand. This guy was going apeshit, like you know, just drinking. But then the cops found out, and they went and they stole his money. But now he can't do anything because he's an illegal immigrant, illegally mining for diamonds. So the cops went and took his money. And now he can't get it back because they're just like, well, you must, you must fuck off back to your country. And, you, and also yeah. they, and obviously the cops just took it for their own, um, their own money. And then also the lady that interviewed says that no, the cops come cause she's got like a generator and a fucking chisel thing. And a, you know, she's got a whole thing. They come there when they find them and they take all of the equipment, they, they take it, those cops, and then they sell it to the other illegal miners. So, like, uh, there's a whole syndicate okay. going there that the cops are involved and they like stealing stuff from the, some of them and like give it, selling it to the others. So, then she goes oh. and finds a generator and her power tools or someone else. Well, they usually just use spades and shovels and, 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 and like, you know, 
primitive things like that. But uh, and they, the cops also steal. So you know, it's just a fascinating story. Jeez, now we're halfway into this podcast. I haven't even got to opening up your third eye. <laughs> we'll open it now, man. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so this podcast was is basically about opening your third eye. Yeah. So anyway, so I went to I went to rehab, right? Um, I was a terrible alcoholic and you know drug addict. Uh, uh, you know, years of abuse, and uh, obviously it was destroyed my life. So I had to sort it out. So anyway, so I sorted that out, and I got out. I got out. They put me on all these these antidepressants, anti-anxiety pills, which were supposed to help, but I think it just kind of helped a little bit because I was being shit all the time. And I got terrified of death, which is funny because like going through such a hard time, you think I'll just welcome it. It'll be like fucking just come, man. So, you know, like like take me mm. now because this is shit. <laughs> but, but for some reason, I was so terrified of death, Lee. Like. It was so bad. I was actually even buying books and audio books and, and, and listening to them and reading like how to cope with how to, to deal with the fear of death. Because my whole, my whole understanding of, of existence was that when we die, that's it. It's lights out. Kaput. Like, uh, you know, it's, that's it. Our consciousness goes. It's gone. And, um, and it was making me so depressed because I just, I just didn't understand what was the point of anything. It was like, what the fuck is the point of all of this shit? Like, we just made all of this up. We just made this money thing up. We just, like, like everything, we just made it up. And it's just so stupid and it's pointless. Like, what is the point of it? Like, if we're all just going to die and it's just, it's, you know, so I was, I was battling with that for a while. And the books and the, and the things didn't help at all. It's just, you know, a load of bullshit philosophy thing and, you know, stuff like those self-help books that you look in the mirror and you say, I love myself. And those things don't work either, you know? So then I started thinking, for some reason, I was like getting these premonitions. Oh, I don't know what it was, but I, I was I was, I was, was having these thoughts that I was going to wake up. And I didn't know what I was going to wake up from. And I kept on thinking, like, oh, my God, I'm going to wake up. I'm going to wake up. But what am I going to wake up from? And then this started, like, really giving me a lot of anxiety because I was like, well, why am I thinking like this? What am I going to wake up from? What is going on? What? Then I started having these like ideas that maybe it's because the waking up means I'm going to die, and I'm just going to wake up. It's like a, it's like telling me I'm going to die. So, and I've seen a counselor every week because after rehab, you see a counselor every week to see how you're doing and whatever. So, like, I picked up the courage because I thought I was going a bit nuts, and I just went in there and I told her like, you know, I'm just having these think ideas that I'm going to wake up from something. I don't know what it is. And she said to me like, well what's so bad about waking up and this like freaked me out completely because i thought oh my gosh i suddenly got like my anxiety took over and i started like having all these like imaginations like oh my god she's in on the scheme like she, <laughs> she's actually part of this whole programming thing well actually for a while i thought that like like nothing was real around me and i was going to wake up from this dream or whatever i'm in you know so when she said that i was like oh my gosh she's in on this she's part of like the the matrix like avatars that are like trying to bring me out of this like illusion that I'm in. And I and it and it was so frightening to me that I just broke down in like a absolute like like a panic attack. Like I just like a, I just started, you know, crying in the office there, like, you know, having a total panic attack. And then all she could say to me was like, you must go to your who the people that put you on the drugs is the psychologist, or the psychiatrist, or whatever, the lady psychiatrist. That, Go back to her and talk about your medication. <laughs> this is the, the advice I get. Right? Sure. Okay. So I leave there and I'm driving home 
and I have the most amazing experience of my life. I like I'm busy driving and I'm listening to this song and I'm looking at this mountain in front of me and I could see how the song was connected to the mountain. And then I just started realizing everything around me and how it was all connected. And I was like, it, and 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 all the anxiety just left me, just completely dropped. And I just realized that everything is just in the perfect place that you could in, at the perfect time. And it was all we all exactly where we are meant to be right now at this moment of time. And and just everything just made sense to me. It was like so profound that I, I mean, obviously I can't explain it, but like, but then I came and then I came out of it. It only lasted for like two minutes or I don't know how long, but I came out of it. And then I thought I was going crazy. Yeah, but you you actually had that experience from the, the same that an astronaut had, remember, on his way back to Earth? Yeah, so, so, saying like that. Yeah, but I mean, like, with all of my spiritual endeavors now, I realize maybe it was what Buddhism and Hinduism talk about as a state of samadhi, or like, mm -hmm. so, or like, you know, Buddhist monks have like in those, uh, you know, in a, in a gamus, brave way state or whatever. So, but, I, but like then I didn't really think much. I just thought I was going crazy. I was like, okay, that's it. I'm, I'm really nuts now. But it was such an amazing feeling, Lee, that I just like, if that is crazy, then just take me to the fucking nut house, lock me up and just keep me there in that <laughs> state forever. You know? Yeah. So I didn't think of much of it then. So anyway, so I go on with my life. And then I'm, uh, I'm in a terrible relationship, which I've been in a terrible relationship with every relationship I've ever had in my whole life. It's always been shit. <laughs> <laughs> so I just need to, I'm just trying to heal myself to fucking because you know healthy people do not attract crazy people. You don't see a healthy person, you see healthy people with healthy people and crazy people with crazy people. If you're crazy, you're gonna attract a crazy person, you know what I mean? So, yeah. so like obviously I need a lot of working on to just sort myself out so I can have a decent relationship. But also relationships you gotta work on them. It's not like it's all what the, the movies make them up to be. But anyway, so I'm, I'm in the shit relationship again. Obviously, it's all my fault, according to her. And uh, and one of the main, well, not the main thing, but one of the things she was complaining about all the time was that I'm not present enough, which I found out later that that's 99% of a, a, a problem in every single relationship, that the female complains that the man is not present enough. That's just the yeah. thing. That's just like, it's just standard <laughs> life rule. So anyway, so it's not, I'm not present enough. So she says, you know what you need to do? You need to meditate which is also coming from a woman that doesn't actually even believe in any spirituality, nothing whatsoever. Like, so it's, she tells me, you need to meditate. So obviously, you know, um, codependent or people pleasing, and I just want to make the relationship work. I'm like, oh, okay, well, I'm not going to meditate. Okay, to make her happy. But also, I, I actually, it was, I like, I enjoyed the fantasy uh, about oh meditation you know like the, the the romantic idea like oh meditating because you know it's quite a like a like a trendy thing that was coming about now so I thought okay well maybe this will be cool <laughs> so anyway so I go and I I'm like okay I gotta meditate every morning every evening and, and also like I'm in the form of issue sometimes I gotta wake up at like four or five in the morning or you know and, and I'm thinking how the hell am I gonna meditate in the morning or evening not, not gonna ever work but I'll give it a go be an addict like I, I can't go to the bar and just have a beer. I've got to have the straw run. You know, so now if I'm going to meditate, I'm not going to just go and do this uh, uh, like a mindful meditation. I want the the most strongest potent meditation that you can, you can find. find. Like I want the yeah. third eye explosion, <laughs> Kundalini rocket, send me to the another universe explosion. <laughs> That's what I'm looking for. 
now I'm scouring the internet about everything that meditation. I'm buying like all the meditation books and third eye things, and I'm looking for like the, you know, I didn't come all this way to drink a light beer. I mean, I, I didn't like where's the crack? <laughs> so, yeah. so, uh, so like after reading like Thomas's books on the third eye and Kundalini, I kind of just concoct this this thing like I kind of make a Frankenstein meditation. <laughs> And um, you you designed your own. Design my and I bought the binaural beats. So like I got you know, binaural beats like uh, for the viewers that don't know what binaural beats is. It's like it plays a frequency in this ear and a frequency in this ear, a different frequency, and then your brain kind of like um regulated and then regulates it to a certain frequency in your head, and then it, it puts you into a theta or an alpha state, which is a meditation state. Hmm. Um, and there's all the different brainwaves, but alpha and theta are the meditative ones. So that it puts you in that. So. Now I'm doing this 30 minutes in the morning, 30 minutes in the evening, like religiously. But it's the greatest thing ever because, like, we just had a newborn baby and now she's letting me do this meditation thing. So I'm like, it's the biggest escape. I sh- I'm just like, when I can't handle it anymore, I'm like, I'm going to go meditate. And I just, in my room, and I just meditate. <laughs> and, um, yeah, by this time, we also lived, we were in two separate rooms. And, um, so, so I was meditating in the morning and the evening religiously, but also sometimes in the middle of the day because if I just didn't want to deal with the baby and her, I'd just be like, I'm meditating and then I'd just go and escape. It was a complete escapism for me. It was like, I got like addicted to it. It was just like, I didn't have to deal with life. I didn't have to deal with anything. I was just like, to just shut my eyes and do this thing for 30 minutes. And it was complete escapism. So I did it religiously for three months. Like, also, I said to myself in the beginning, I was like, I'm going to do this for a year. If nothing happens, I'm just going to give it up completely. I'm just like, I'll give it in a year. And if fucking nothing happens, that's it. I'm done. Never mm-hmm. do it ever again. So I sat there and then after three months, the three months, like almost to the day, I'm busy sitting there doing this meditation. Basically, what it came down to is I just had to, just had to focus your, uh, just focus my attention on my, my, my forehead. And I'd just try and find this tingling or sometimes it would, it would go like, um, it would go get a pressure there, pressure. And I just keep focusing. Whenever my thoughts dropped, I'll just come back to this, this sensation here. Then after a while, I started just imagining this energy going up my spine and just focusing it onto my forehead. And I just, you know, like I'll do that for a while. I'll get, I'll get the, the feeling of the, the of this pressure in my forehead, and I'll do that for quite a while. And then I started, gradually just started imagining energy going from the ground up my spine and into my third eye. And I, and I noticed that, after a while of doing this, it would make the pressure go harder. Like it would, the, the sensation in my head would just, it would get really, the pressure would get so strong. I feel like somebody's like putting, putting like a thumb on your forehead and pushing yes, it down. Yes, 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 exactly. So, mm-hmm. that, so that's the, the feeling. Like, and, and, and it was great because once I started feeling that, I, I knew could go, and it would help me concentrate on that more. So whenever the thoughts came and I could just come back to that sensation on my forehead. And then, after three months of doing this, I started my body with a one day just started vibrating like viciously, like I mean, I wasn't making that noise, but like my, my whole body was vibrating. <laughs> and um, but it was so nice. I was just sitting there in this vibrational like state, like my whole body like vibrating intensely. And um, and then also when I went to bed at night, every night, I'd feel this this light like buzzing through my whole body. Like every night, it was so nice. But then I also started to worry because I, I didn't read anything about this thing and 
of all the books I've read and all the research on this thing. I didn't hear anything about when before going to bed, you would feel buzzing and like a vibration throughout your whole body. So it actually started making me a bit worried because I was like, fuck, am I going to, is this like the early onset of Parkinson's or it's like a, like a, like a <laughs> neurological yeah. disorder or something. What's yeah. happening? Like, is this, is this, <laughs> is this good or bad? But it felt nice. I would lie there with this like, slight like this fine vibration through my whole body. Just lying at night. I'm so peaceful. Anyway, so then <laughs> my body started swaying. Like every time I did the, 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 the meditation, my body would just start swaying. Like, and it was the most amazing feeling. And then I would speak to other people about meditation, and they would be like, that's bad. Do not do that. Like, I would speak to this, like, this guy's been meditating for, like, 30 years. He's like, no, that's not right. You need to sit completely still. Stop doing that, you know? But I'm like, fuck, uh-huh. this feels good, man. I'm like, I'm loving this sweat. <laughs> it's so nice. <laughs> and and then also when I when I, when I, when I visualize the, the energy going up my spine to my my third arm or forehead it would intense the swaying the swaying would get more is it is it like is it a, a involuntary swaying or was it just completely like completely involuntary swaying like i mean really, like yeah. I've, I've, okay. I've concentrated and said no sit still i would be able to sit still i would like force yeah. myself you know with my muscles yeah. or my back or like I'd, but if i completely relaxed and i just focused on it it would just sway it would just make me sway like there was nothing I, I was not doing it i could just sit there in complete relaxation and something was just swaying me was, was it circular like, movements or just like well, that's know, the side thing. to side? That's the thing. Like I, I, I would I, I, like it sometimes would be circular, sometimes it's side to side, or sometimes back and forth. And okay. then like and then I would like tip it, or like I would think, okay, now I would uh, like I could make it like I don't know how to explain it, but like I could like as soon as the movement goes, I could if I lean forward, then it would just rock me back and forth. If I lean to the right, it would just rock me right, left to right. And then can I tell you something there quickly? Yeah. I spoke to someone many, many, many years ago when I was uh, still doing karate, many years ago. Yeah. And uh, there was a guy that was with me. We, we were busy on our, our, our black belt uh, course. And uh, he said to me that back in Japan, there was a guy that uh, one of their masters, one of their senseis, he used to meditate with swaying. But with the swaying, after the swaying came levitation. Well, well, okay. Well, so I'm going to get to what happened. Well, I, I promise you that that, that actually we talking about that. It's actually a, a starting phase of levitation. You eventually start to levitate after after that swing. Well, that's that's I what wish he. I kept going because I'm going to tell you the rest of what happened. But that's that's exciting because <laughs> okay. So then what happened? Right, this is where it gets exciting. I was doing a documentary on this famous um, Afrikaans musician, and I was outside of PE. Port Elizabeth, about an hour drive from the airport in this rural place where this, this musician lived. And I went to go interview him and then his wife. And I had to get back to the airport. Like, um, then well, my flight was the next day. But we had to travel an hour to get back to PE so I could get the airport the next day. And he said to us, when we were leaving, it was me and my other colleague that was helping me with the documentary. He, he said to us, be careful on the road because there's lots of cars on the road. <laughs> Yeah. Night, and it was getting normal, dark. normal South African roads. Yeah. Yeah. It was getting dark. So and and it's dangerous because you you get killed. You drive into them on the road. So said, be careful of the cars on the road. And I've been I had this image in my head of this car dead on the road and a vehicle there. And I saw it. And I'm driving along now with him. And then lo and behold, there is a car dead, and there's the 
the vehicle on the side of the road. And I and I and it was and I had this knowing like I that I knew that that was going to happen. Like it was like this this premonition knowing that that uh, mm. that I saw that and that I'd seen that and then now it's coming to fruition. I can't like it's like this in, in knowing and like I, so it was an innate knowing that that was what I saw. But but then my rational mind came in and said, "No, no, you idiot." He said, you're going to see that there's cars on the road. And you just imagine there was a car there and the car. And obviously now there's a coincidence that that, that, that you've seen this car and the car. And now you're saying in your mind that you've, you've actually made a premonition. Like you've come to this conclusion when it was just a coincidence. And, you know, like, mm. so then I said, okay, well, you know what? I'm driving now. So like, I'm just saying this in my head. I'm not saying it's my colleague or whatever i'm just like okay well if that is you're uh, talking to yourself yeah yeah and also the corner <laughs> side of the road was getting help by the way so it's not like i just left the guard standing there <laughs> to, no. to die so, damn it oh man <laughs> so, so anyway so now i can't drive and i'm like okay well if that was real if i did see that like a premonition and and also like i'm, I'm not expecting anything out of this third hour meditation i'm just like so i'm not i'm not going like oh my gosh it's from the third hour meditation i had nothing of that i just I just saw that and I just had this knowing that I'd seen it. And then, and I didn't even, the, even then I still didn't relate it to the meditation. And then I said, you know, if that was real, what am I going to see in the town when I get there? So we carry on driving and we get to the town. Oh yeah, so, so, so then this image of orange, like a square, it's orange, square orange, and it says orange. And this is the image I get in my head. And I'm like, okay, cool. So I'm looking for something orange in this town. So I get to the town and I don't see anything orange. And then the next day, I get back to Cape Town, still haven't seen anything orange. And I take my daughter out on this boat ride in the harbor, and we go past this boat. And on the side of the boat, about two stories big, ah, yeah. there's orange square underneath it, it says orange. <laughs> and that is like, yeah. the, that's uh, the company, it's a cell phone company. In, in cell phone the, company from overseas, yeah. The orange. Mm. So then so I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. So then in my meditation that night, I'm like, okay, well, what am I going to see tomorrow? So I get this, I get a, like a purple face mask, like a purple mask with a, these purple feathers coming over the top. And then yeah. I see these checkers, orange and blue checkers, like a, you know, like a flannel shirt kind of checkers thing. Okay. So like I go and I'm, now I'm shooting a, a, a documentary on birthing or whatever. And I'm like, I'm, I'm at this, this midwife, which is the dude's, his house <laughs> and um, I'm talking to him and there's this bright light at the at the left of my eye. When I'm talking to him, I just keep on seeing this bright light just coming into my vision on the left and it's like distracting me, but I'm trying to talk to him and eventually I'm like, okay, well, what's, what's this bright light? So I look to the left and then behold, on the wall on the left is this purple mask with the feathers coming out of the top. And I'm like, wow, that is amazing. Well, what about, <laughs> the, what about the orange and blue checkers? Yeah. And I, like, look up you didn't cock yourself like, oh, shit. No, it was exciting. And then I looked up at the okay. top. I looked at the. I looked up across the wall, and there was this um, this picture of a boy in a boat, and he's wearing an orange and blue checkered shirt. I'm like, wow, this is cool. So like the next night, or that night, I'm like, okay, what am I going to see tomorrow? I see, then I see a spider, and I'm like, oh, a spider. I'm going to see any. You can just see a spider anyway. So now. But now I'm like, you know, now I'm like looking for these things. I'm like, okay, spider, which makes it worse because I'm thinking, okay, well now, because I'm seeing the thing and now I'm looking, I'm obviously going to see whatever I'm going to see, you know, mm -hmm. like, because you could, the coincidence is raised even 
So make it I'm, your own coincidence. Yeah. So now I'm looking around for the spider, and I, and now we, now we, the next day I'm shooting a documentary on the on the wines of South Africa. Now I'm in this guy's palace. It's like another palace, it's a massive house, and it's so fancy. And I'm like in the house, and I need to take a piss. So I'm like, I go to the I go to the toilet, and I like open up this door, and all the the room is just covered. The whole toilet is covered in just frames of pictures. But right in front of me, above the toilet. It's a picture frame about like, like, I don't know, like a half a meter by half a meter, like this huge picture frame. And right in the middle yeah. is a spider that's about the size of my face, like in this picture frame. And I'm like, oh my God. But anyway, so that's just, it just went on like this for days after days. After, I was just like so enthralled by this thing. I'm just like, oh my gosh, like every single day. And I mean, I could give you thousands. It just went on and on and on and on. And it, it actually made me like start wondering like what is like like is everything determined for us or is it like the amounts of karma or whatever the 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 patterns in my life like that have come to this point is like so predictable and whatever this this like mark the calculation of the matrix is showing these images that it knows like what's like that's going to happen in the future like like you know is everything predetermined do we have actually any free choice this is the questions I started asking myself because. It, it got to the state, like, I mean, like, I, I'd be like, I'd be like, I'd, I'd see an anvil, like, I'd be like, okay, what am I going to see tomorrow? An anvil. And I've never seen an anvil in my whole life. Then the next day, I, like, walk into a workshop, and there and behold, right in front of me, as I walk in, is an anvil. You know? Yeah, that's not, that's not, a, that's not a regular thing, man. Anvils, you've got to go into uh, blacksmith workshops to see those things. And you yeah. went to, what workshop did you go to? It was, it was a guy out in the, in the, um, in Otsu, on his farm. He yeah. like makes knives, like his own okay. knives, and like. Um, yeah. But I didn't know that he made his own knives. Like I just, I was out there. We were, full, I was filming a documentary on mermaids, on a mermaid documentary, and then I just okay. saw this like fucking anvil there. I mean, but yeah. and it's like it never, it, it always happened the next day. It was like I would be like, what's what's gonna, what am I gonna see the next day? And it always had flourishing every single day, and it was, I never had a day that it didn't appear. Whatever I wanted to see. And, 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 and in this asked, period, were you still were you meditating daily, uh, twice yeah, a day? Yeah, every day. But then, really? um, okay. Okay. So, but I mean, this is this is the extent that it got to. Like, I would be looking for a, a, a Airbnb on my phone, or where I was going to stay, like that night, um, mm -hmm. or the following day. Where I was going to stay the following day for the, like where I was traveling for my shoot or whatever, and then I'd be like for fifteen minutes, like because you know I'm like quite picky. I want like a nice place and looking at the price, and I'm like you know I keep going back and forth, and I'm choosing like fifteen minutes so indecisive because I'm so indecisive in it. Eventually, I'm like, fuck it, I'll just take this one. And then I'll just click on that one. And I'm, you know, then I go there the next day. So, like, the, the day before, the, that night before, like, I had, I saw this fountain with like all these like mosaic patterns, like this green and blue, this beautiful fountain. So, I'm sitting there for 15 minutes, like, trying to find this place to stay. Eventually, you know, looking through all the 20 places I could choose, I eventually choose one and I go there and I rock up there. And as I walk in, there's the fountain. There it is with all the mosaic and the fountains there. And I'm like, I'm like wondering, like, okay, well, why did I go through all of that? Like, I'm so indecisive, like, I'm trying to choose some place to go. Like, this is like a, like, this is the, the factor of where, of like where the path of my choices in life could have split. You know mm. what I mean? And it, it knew you were going that direction. It knew, it knew that I was going to get there, but I had to go mm. through all of that indecisiveness. And, and, and what was the point of that? If I can, like, like, 
knew the intelligence or my whatever you want to call it, high power, fucking my intuition or God or something was telling me, I don't know what it is, but it knew that I was gonna be there. But I had to go through all of that indecisiveness to try and yeah. So that that's what really really my question was like, is it predetermined our destiny and everything? Do we actually have free choice? Like, because I was going to go there anyway. So this amount of time deciding, like, I can't, exp- I don't know if I'm making my point. No, you, you're making 100% sense. So I've, I've always had this opinion that we are actually, we're living in the past. I think we've, we've already made decisions. And this, this is, these decisions that you're seeing is something that's already happened. So if it's already happened, we're living in the past. That's, yeah. I've always I've always thought that. Um, I don't think currently, and this is my opinion, I don't think that the decisions that we make are the decisions that we think we're making. They've already been made by us uh, in the future. Yeah, sure. Like that, that theory of everything's happening, or everything in the past, present, everything's actually all happening at the same time. Mm. Anyway, so okay, so so now this is this is amazing. I'm so excited about this, but but now it's a danger because like now I know that this is real. Now I know that there's something beyond us, like, like this it's kind of woo-woo stuff, whatever you want to call it. I know it is real. It's a fact in my life. I know it's completely and utterly 100% real. But now I'm so excited. I'm like, okay, if that's real, now fuck it. I, I want more. <laughs> the addict comes out of me. I'm like, fuck it. Now I, want every, I want everything. I want levitating. I want fucking out-of-body experiences. I want to fucking shoot lasers out of my eyes. I want everything. <laughs> so, so now I'm like, because I've started reading about out-of-body experiences. And and obviously we did a previous episode on that. So if anybody wants to listen to go back and listen to that. So now I, now I just want to have an out-of-body experience because I'm thinking, fuck, if that thing's real, now this out-of-body experience must be real. And that sounds like mm-hmm. the bee's knees of like of uh, abilities. But but also <laughs> you know, and then all of the Hinduism philosophies, the Buddhism, like everything, they always say like. All the Eastern things, they're like, that is the circus. Do not get caught up in the circus. You just got to get to the, the goal, which I mean, what is the goal? Enlightenment, what is it? You feel great. What's the, what's the goal? If you want to call it not the goal, but, you know, don't get distracted with these things along the way because it's not the point. It's just a circus, you know? That's so like Sadhguru, like when I used to follow him and I got a, a, initiated into Shambhavi Mudra Kriya, which I did excessively for over a year, every morning, every evening, nothing happened to me. But then he also said that he's going to, firewall any occult so then that's why okay well I'll, I'll get into that after this but so now now i'm like helping i'm like fuck it i'm gonna have an out-of-body experience you know so like so i'm reading all the out-of-body experience books i'll get the out-of-body binaural beats not not the not the ones that we were trying the the um gateway experience by minor institute youtube ones it, it was the other it was another one yeah so I bought that one, and uh, and now I'm doing all the meditations. I read all the books, and now um, I'm just doing all of these at night. I'm just concentrating. But then my swaying stopped in my because I've changed the binaural beats. The meditation is different because I'm doing out of body experience meditations and not the third eye. So the swaying stopped. The, the vibrating in the, in the evening stopped. The okay. seeing anything is stopped. And I was like quite bummed. I was like, fuck it, you know, like that's quite sad that that. But the thing is, I didn't know that it was that it could go further. I just thought, okay, that's probably what I get. You know, but I want more. So mm-hmm. if I just stayed on that path, I would have probably been able to fucking actual travel anyway. Yeah, of course. But, yeah. But like but you, you I, actually if you it sounds like you found the key, dude, because um, I mean you said I know you said you did a Frankenstein uh 
uh, type uh, of meditation where you just mix a whole lot of things together. But you actually did, it sounds like you've actually found something that a lot of people have been struggling with. But so, so this I mean, is- I struggle a lot with meditation as well, but uh, that's actually, you must actually tell us how, how look, before we, before we get into, you must actually tell us how you did it. You know, but, uh, yeah. do you cross-legged? Do you lie down? Um, okay, you know, so do you have are, special breathing techniques to do? I'll get into all of that as well. So, and it's very simple. When you hear it, you're going to be like, oh my God, I've actually explained most of it anyway. But the the, <laughs> the thing is, so now, so now I'm on a mission. I'm thinking, okay, if that did that, I want, mm. I'm, I'm searching for the strongest meditation. But like, the, but you know, so, so, so then I start trying every meditation. So like I'm doing six months of like, um, transmental uh, 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 TM meditation. Uh, then I go on those ten day retreats for doing vipassana. You know, sitting for ten hours every day for ten days in to- complete silence, not talking to anybody. I do that for ten days, and I and I carry on for six months doing vipassana every morning, every evening. I'm doing the Joe Dispenza meditations. I'm doing Sadhguru Shambhavi Mudra Kriya meditations. I'm, but I try for like six months every time. And I'm trying all of these meditations. I'm doing love meditations. I'm fucking, you, you name it. I, I tried everything because I'm thinking, I'm trying to find something that's the strongest, you know? And then I read Patanjali's book, the Yoga Sutras of Patanjali's. And, you know, he's obviously the, the guy that brought yoga. He took all the Sanskrit things of yoga and translated it and brought it back to India to into the west and and or not to the west but you know he he brought all of those teachings alive again so and in that book he says which i mean there's a lot of cool stuff in that book maybe we'll do another episode on it but in that book he said which the main thing i took away from the book was that stop digging little holes everywhere and just choose one hole and dig until you get to the water so now i'm running around fucking digging all these little holes trying out all these meditations mm-hmm. and not just taking one and just and just sticking with it and just going mm-hmm. um and and that's the thing if i just stuck with that one that i started with it also reminds me of the alchemist because you know the alchemist the book the alchemist it's like the guy yeah he goes on that long journey like through all of to, this the yeah. craziness and when he to come back home come back home to find the treasure that he's looking for <laughs> is actually by the tree where he started spoiler alert but like <laughs> You know, that's but the, the whole journey was actually a good thing because it actually gave him knowledge and understanding about uh, the world, which he didn't have previously. So yeah, that was the whole thing. That's the thing, maybe with all of this, med- all these different things. Look, I had some other mm-hmm. cool things, experiences. I mean, like with with uh, with doing um, Vipassana, because I'd also do Joe Dispenza's breathing technique where, you, you know, it's like in, in yoga and what it's called Eastern philosophy is called a bandalock. You like squeeze your intrinsic muscles and you suck in the air while you're choosing your intrinsic muscles, your stomach muscles, then your upper abdomen, and then you envision the energy going up into the top of your head and you hold the bundle locks. It's also supposed to activate your Kundalini energy in that. So I was doing that like a little bit before I did Vipassana. And I think that, that uh, just, just to clarify quickly, Kundalini, I think a lot of people don't understand Kundalini to do with the spine, uh, the snake, the snake and the spine. Just maybe yeah. explain that quickly. Well, so it's supposed to be like your divine energy is all curled up at the bottom of your spine by your root chakra there's it's, it's um and if you activate the that energy it's supposed to some people call it the, the divine christ energy it's your, your but sometimes it's so powerful that it could burn out all of your your nodes there's like little other energy 
like vessels that that go off into your energy body or in your whole the nervous system that if that if you activate it not not if you don't do it correctly and safely you mm. could have severe physical psychological mental spiritual like mayhem mm. like that's why a lot of people when they don't practice yoga right and when i talk about yoga i'm talking about the eight limbs of yoga not because western civilization we take yoga and we think live asanas which is like a mm. position you sit in and, and mm. it's actually just become an exercise it's not actually anything really it's just exercise but you just mm. stretch your body into ridiculous positions but that's supposed to actually just put you into a state where you can actually meditate and if you practice the eight limbs of yoga that's where you get the full benefit instead of just doing an asanas all day um mm. so so but those all of those things are to prep your body so that the kundalini when it rises it is safe and you can have the you know the most divine experience of your life where you connect with the god energy and one with everything and have the most profound spiritual experience of your life probably but if you're not not doing the eight lines of yoga you're not practicing you know pranayama's special breathing techniques and yoga and eating correctly and it, it will destroy you um so you gotta be very careful and then that's also another mm-hmm. thing is that like what I, I love this example is that you know when you in the old day when they when they burn torches they tip the they dip the the, the rag that's on the end of the stick yes. into kerosene and yep. they light it and they and if the kerosene's pure, that thing will burn all night. But if it's not pure, it'll burn that rag and within like 30 minutes, it'll be gone. So that's why, yeah. that's the kundalini energy. If you don't purify your body and your and your energy systems and everything correctly and properly, the energy channels and the the pindinga, and the, I can't remember all the words, but that if that energy, energy activates and you're not purified enough, you, it could have devastating effects on everything. I mean, that's why people when they have a bad kundalini experiences against mental institutions because they can't actually handle the experience because mm-hmm. they see different realities they're seeing different dimensions they're seeing spirits they don't know what's real anymore they're fucking you know out of it as well as like people their whole nervous system gets burnt out because it's like the energy can't they can't handle it so anyway so it's just it's, it's that's why that's why all these yogis and mystics and all of they all so very vague and flippin irritating when you want to find out how to do it and it's like they never want to tell you because they make it so vague that's so yeah. like like but also yeah you they, watch for an hour and you're like where the hell is this yeah, what to the do? point man <laughs> no but that's also the thing is that it's all different from everybody else so they can't actually make a recipe just for one person so like yeah you gotta do this because our energy systems are all different so Mm. Um, you know, like, so they've got to actually judge. That's why you need to find a proper guide or like a mentor that they can see, okay, this guy needs to do more of this or a little bit more of that or less of this and that because your fire element, water element, whatever, this thing's more than that. And they have to balance everything out. You know what I mean? So we're all different mm-hmm. people upbringing, completely all over the place in different ways. So, so they need to find out what to do properly so it's safe. That's why you can't just go on a internet recorded course that they've pre-recorded on how to do it because it'll probably kill the one person but enlighten the other person and make the other person crazy and and do nothing for the other person you know what i mean so now through all the books that i've read right Mm -hmm. this is the book that i I mean i'm holding it up here so that if we ever get this samuel samuel sagan awakening the third eye yeah so now i've been reading this book lately because like i thought you know that's the the, the meditation that um 
you know, that really worked for me. I mean, look, it could, you know, somebody could just do Vipassana and get the same results. I don't know. This one worked for me. So, yeah. But it's it's so cool. I mean, like everything in here, it, it says everything, like uh, how to see auras, how to do um, dowsing, um, to even out of body experiences, which is oh, this one is complicated. Oh my gosh, when I read this, is, one, is that all like, part of the third eye awakening? All of those abilities? Yeah, but in the beginning, they actually tell you the meditation that the, the main okay. meditation, which is the third eye awakening, and it's it's great because I tried it, and the sensation because the one that I tried, I mean the one that I was doing, um, it's you get the you get this tingling or the and the pressure in the in my forehead the quickest mm. like it's, yeah. it's, it's it's like this throat thing you got to like it's like a, a throat breathe in and out it's called yeah. fric friction in your throat so when you breathe in this is what it sounds like so like a smoker's breath <laughs> yeah but you got to like you got to get the air right at the back of your throat so you can feel it going in and out right at the back of your throat you can feel it vibrating like like a friction on the back of your throat. Yeah. yeah, I tried that, but I find it gets itchy quickly. Eh? The throat yeah. gets so itchy, you've got to keep coughing. That's the thing. You've got to try to get it back further in your throat then. And so anyway, you do that until until yeah. you start feeling like 10 minutes in your throat there, five minutes, 10 minutes. Yeah. And so you can yeah. feel a sensation in your throat. Then yeah. you you put the you, you concentrate on your forehead. Well, they say between your eyebrows, don't you? Between your eyebrows. Yeah. And then... Once you've got that going and there's the sensation there, then you connect the throat. You keep breathing like that, by the way, the whole time. And then mm. you connect the, the friction in your throat to the third eye, yeah. that sensation in your forehead, and you, you keep doing that. And that I found, even when I have started to try and practice my other first meditation I ever did to try and get that sensation out for it, this brings the sensation quicker, like really quickly. And it, it can okay. make it really intense. So. I think if anybody wants to go on that journey, get the book. Um, and uh, that 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 um, third eye, I think, is, is worth a go because that, that pressure in the head comes quicker than my one that I was my made up one that yeah. um, I did. Which and also another thing about sitting in a cross legged position on the floor. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So and and the mystery school explained. Okay. So so in my my experience, I was sitting. At, I was just sitting in a chair when I did that third eye. The third yeah. eye thing, and I had the most amazing success with it. And then since then, all the other meditations I've been doing was cross-legged. I've been trying to sit in like the lotus thing, you know. I've been, been trying to, you know, yeah, do the it's legs. Uncomfortable. And I mean, mm. you know, going on those ten-day meditation retreats, like that was torture because like your back and your legs hurt so much. I don't even think it's even. I don't. I think it actually like takes away the point of actually being there because it's like you, mm. I feel I'm not even in a meditative state anymore. I'm just trying to cope with this pain, which is like yeah. absolute torture. So unless you unless you've gotten over all that pain of doing like that that ten day thing twenty times and now you go there and you can actually sit there through the whole thing for ten days without having the pain then I think maybe you're gonna have some success. But so in my experience, the chair is the way to go. You just sit on the chair with your your spine must obviously be erect like as straight as possible. And also in the mystery school it explains to you why it's better to sit in the chair. It's like got some metaphysical things that obviously I just uh, I can't talk about. But um, no, which is fine. But so no, that's cool. You're right there. I think that that is the best way to do it. So that's the best. Just sit on a chair. Don't go cross-legged. And then also the, the reason why people say you've got to sit on cross-legged or the, one of the thoughts is that because you've got to earth yourself so that you want, so you want to have as much of your body on the floor as possible. So that's why you sit on a cross-legged. Mm -hmm. But I just think that, you know, 3,000 years ago, whenever yoga was invented, they didn't have flipping chairs. 
So that's what yeah. I said like that. So, <laughs> Around the campfire there. <laughs> so, so that's, it's like we've got chairs now. Let's just sit in the chair. <laughs> sit in the bloody chair. But it um, also makes, uh, I, I know there were one of the parts they said that when you're sitting with your hands, your palms must be facing up. Yeah, so that's like they're supposed to receive the, the energy from, hmm. it's just like a receiving position. So you're like accepting, you know, it's to say, I'll accept the energy. And it's supposed to be like the energy from above can be transmitted into your hands so you can receive it into your body. That's why okay. you put your hands up like that. Yeah. So, well, do you, do you know, do you know, um, actually, I know always in the Eastern, uh, the Eastern traditions, uh, Hinduism, Buddhism, Taoism, they, you know, the third eye is, is prominent. It's it's a huge thing, and people think it's always the eastern thing. But if you if you actually look closely, it's in the Jewish Kabbalah as well. It talks about there's a, there's a mention, and I'll actually there's something that they wear. It's called a tefillin, I think it is. Uh, the Jewish men from the from the ages of thirteen and up, the Orthodox Jews. There's yeah. like two boxes. It's two boxes. It's called, I think it's called a tefillin. Um, you wear one box on your non-dominant arm, so for me it would be my left arm, and then you wear one on your uh, on your forehead. Okay, and there's a parchment uh, inside inside these boxes that's supposed to be some sort of um, awakening, gives you some sort of knowledge. And obviously we know that that area there is where the, the third eye is. And if you go back into, I think it was numbers. Um, yeah, I think it was numbers. Um, in the in the Old Testament, which would obviously be the Torah, there is a prophet. So he's a wicked prophet, but a prophet by the name of Balaam. You might have heard the story when you were younger. This is the guy that beat his donkey because they didn't want to move. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there was there was an angel that was standing in front of the donkey and didn't want to move. Yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he was pretty wicked. Like he would uh, curse. So armies would hire him, and he would go and curse the other army, and then these guys would win. Um, and he was, he, apparently his powers were immense. He had immense power. And um, there's actually mention of when the angel spoke to him, God opened up his eyes, but in a way that he could see visions. Okay, so it's not your physical eyes, because eyes can only see three-dimensional. We can see physical things. He could see metaphysical things, which means his third eye was awakened. You know what I mean? And he then blessed, he blessed Israel after a couple of incidents that happened with him. But that shows you that his, his third eye was awakened. Um, there was a story about uh, Shiva and Karma. Karma is actually a god from one of the, the Hindu myths. Uh, and it's, and it's, it's actually, lust is one of the things that, uh, that Karma is, uh, um, is a god of. And uh, he shot Shiva in the heart with an arrow. And Shiva got a bit pissed off and blasted him with his third eye. But that's actually a metaphor to do with lust, to do with one's inner, inner, inner lust. And he was able to burn it, his inside lust, because he wanted to improve himself. Um, so it's more of an inner thing. So apparently the, the talking about your guys, that's how the clear, the clear vision, uh, and this guy, Alfred Bayer, he was talking about the third eye being a metaphysical eye, although it is kind of connected to the pineal gland um, and the endocrine system, it is a metaphysical eye. It allows you to see the gateway to the other realms. Once you've unlocked that, you'll be able to interact with the other realms. And I know that, I mean, if you go look in the Bible as well, I think King Solomon was able to do that. There were quite a few biblical guys that were able to do that. So they obviously had 
awaken their third eye. Which I'll look, obviously, we talk about third eye awakening, so I just thought that was quite interesting. Yeah, that's great. That's very cool. I love it. Yeah, that's just another disclaimer that, I mean, if someone's going to go do this, I mean, the the, the literature all says that, you know, that it, it that you will start seeing, I mean, like, I only saw, like, images from the next day or whatever, but, like, maybe if I were carried on, apparently it, it actually attracts non-physical entities to you. I don't know if it does that or if you just become aware of them. I don't know. Like that's that's what I'm always like. Whenever I hear that, I'm like, yeah, does it really attract them or does you just become No, I think you become it? aware of it. I think you're right. Yeah, I think you become aware of it. So yeah. like maybe I mean so you know, people want to get into this just just I mean, I mean, I'd love to see that. Uh, um uh you know, I'd say that until it gets dark and then I'm like, okay, no, no, I don't want to see that anymore. <laughs> but, but actually, uh, talk about that in the book, uh, this one that I that I was reading, also awakening the third by um offered by he actually says, be careful because you are going to see negative entities. You're going to. There's there's not even a, a chance that you're gonna miss them. You're gonna see them. Yeah. But yeah. this is this is what terrifies people. Yeah. Seeing the negative entities. And I was also talking about a terrifying terrifying thing because I know like in our uh, uh, our last episode or feedback, we talked about um having out-of-body experiences and when you me and you've been listening to the gateway soundtrack was it be a binaural beats to try and have it the last few days i've actually because i've been so busy with shooting and the classes and the mystery school and that like um and there's so many rituals and stuff i have to do now before i go to bed i'm just like so like fuck it now i'm gonna listen to the binaural beats but last night i wasn't even listening to them i woke up at four again last night and it was a four o'clock on the dot and I, I, but i got back to bed and then the thing i was describing to you in the last i don't know two episodes ago that um I, vibration I hear something in the room or something, and then I get yeah, terrified, yeah. and then I'm out. Yeah, uh, but but I just it's like I don't know if it's anyway. So if people want to listen to it, go back and listen. To it. But it, it happened to me again last night. I wasn't even trying the baronara beats. I wasn't trying. I wasn't even doing the visualizations for the out of body experience. I just it was at four o'clock. I wake up. I was like, oh for fuck's sake! And then I like it's time my hardest to go back to bed. I went to bed, and then I just heard something in the room, like this fucking like something like wrestling or something. And I was like, oh fuck, there's something in the room. And I got like, I got that terror again, that absolute terror. And then I was out. And and then the frustrating thing again is that I can't see anything. It's like, it's dark and like, I can't move. I'm like, go to the door, do this. I just, and I can't do anything. And I'm like, and it's just so frustrating. Cause like, I don't, I don't know. I don't, and then I don't even know if I'm actually having an out-of-body experience or not, because it's like, it's like, I can only get so far and then nothing. It's like, so but anyway, then but then I came. Then I just thought, let me just wake up. So then I woke up, and then I had tingling all over my body, like my whole body was tingling. And then I realized, okay, something did happen because of all the literature. It always says when you come back to your body, you'll have tingling in your body. So I just got to figure out how the fuck to, to like see and to move. I can't move. Dude. So you, you you remember the last time you said you you need to say vision clear. Yes. So I, could, I didn't, I didn't say, up. I didn't say vision clear, but I, did, <laughs> I was like, go to the door, go to the door. Yeah. I thought maybe I went to the door, I'd see. But then yeah. it's also weird. Vision, because, like, clear. I, I can't like, you can't, I can't think of everything. It's like, mm. I don't know. It's like a, I get to the States and I'm like, I don't, I don't you, know. You're too overwhelmed with what's going on. Well, like, and I'm trying to think quickly, like, okay, what to do, what to do, what to do, what to do. <laughs> I might have to end. But that's also funny because I remember in, in William Bjorman's book, out of uh, what, I don't know which, what it was called, Out of Body Experiences or whatever his book was called, the, he would say the same thing because he would leave a pencil by the, he would leave a pencil on his bedside table. 
So when he came out of his body, he would try and push it off the table. But then when he was out of body, he was like, fuck the pencil, I'm fucking freezing. And then he would just fly out of his room and he would just go on an adventure. And he would forget about the pencil. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um, so now, okay, so let's get back to this third hour. So, all right, so how do you do it? So first of all, you find yourself a, like a comfy uh, okay, chair so you where you, you can sit upright. You've got to get into a bad relationship. You've got to have a baby. <laughs> <laughs> These are the prerequisites. <laughs> you got you to be a people pleaser, and you got to um, be uh, what's it called? An alcoholic. You get you have to have oh, yeah, yeah, alcoholic have to some gone, stage. You have to just gone through alcoholism. <laughs> Come out. You have to be on antidepressants and and, uh, and the anxiety pills. Yeah, you, you mustn't have sex for ages. I'm just joking. I'm just saying that that's what happened. Hey, about a year, year and a half, two years maybe. <laughs> yeah, but masturbation is okay. There was, you yeah. know, there was that, but there was no sex because it was my bad relationship. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe those yogis are right when they said don't have sex because that, because that's that's also like one of the eight limbs of yoga is abstinence. So like okay. you can't have sex because apparently that stimulates the the sexual energy that's in your root chakra. It's supposed to be part of the kundalini energy. Okay. But then it starts rising. Because you, 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 there's so much of it built up. That's apparently the philosophy of that. But I don't believe in that. Uh, from okay. abstinence. Yeah. Okay. So maybe this you, is why the Catholic, uh, the Catholics actually got into abstinence originally. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that was the original idea. Maybe that was the original but, idea. Okay, but the I'm first pope. But I'm just joking anyway, about yeah. that, guys. Like I'm just making a joke. I was just in a <laughs> shitty relationship. I wasn't getting laid, so I was trying to make a joke. Go and get have as much sex as you want. I'm sure it's going to be the same. But you'll be fine. So, Oh, another thing about that Kundalini experience, when I was doing the Joe Dispenza, the Joe Dispenza bundle locks, where you suck in the part in your pandurinium, like that muscle, it's like cutting off the poop when you, when you like at the toilet and you want to like squeeze in your bum. So you, uh, okay, right. that's you're cool. squeezing your pandurinium. You, you squeeze your sphincter, squeeze your sphincter and your and your your pee muscles. That's your. Okay. They, they give it yeah. a fancy name. Your your perineum muscles. Okay. You squeeze that, and then you squeeze your stomach muscles and your, your your upper abdomen muscles, and you sit and meditate. This is the Joe Dispenza, uh, the way he to activate the Kundalini energy. And when I yeah. was doing that, because I did that for about three months, like twenty minutes in the morning, twenty minutes in the evening, I got yeah. so sexually aroused. Like I promise you, Lee, people are ha- <laughs> people people are having problems getting it up or like sexual drive. <laughs> Do that for Eddie. 20 minutes in the morning and 20 minutes in the evening, and you'll be fine because, like, I was so sexually charged. That's what made me think okay, maybe this kundalini energy with the sexual energy is a thing because yeah. I was ready to just hump the, the table. The flipping. Yeah, so that's that's the, that's the cure for ED. Thanks, uh, Will. Right, there you go. Just do just spend this breathing <laughs> thing, and you'll be well on your way. So, and how do you breathe? So, if, if you're doing that, how, do you just breathe normally, or what's the story? Oh, the Jada Spencer one. Yeah, so if you're holding, if you're like so you tapping like a, everything, okay, how do you, so do you You breathe in slowly. While you're breathing in, you start squeezing your perineum. So you're like yeah. through the nose. Through your nose, okay, And you yeah. start pulling in your perineum. Then you, yeah. then once that's locked, then you then you pull in your, your stomach, lower abdomen. And while you're still breathing in, and then you lock the next one. But at the same time, you envision energy coming out from your bottom of your spine up. So from the first lock to the second lock to the, the top abdomen lock, squeeze that in. And you keep sucking in air until the energy you, you, you visualize it to the top of your head, and then you just hold, okay. you just hold it, you hold your your awareness at the top of your head 
while you're holding your breath and you're squeezing these muscles and you okay. squeeze them hard. You squeeze them and, until you can't breathe anymore. I mean, until you have to take a breath and then you, and then yeah. you take in a breath and then you just sit there for a few seconds while you just um, chill out and then you do it again and you just carry on doing that for oh, 10 minutes. Anyway, Jay spends a third hour meditation. He does that only four times in the middle of the because uh, that I also tried that out. That you just yeah. focus your attention in the middle of your head because like there's so many there's so many different uh, uh, theories of where the third eye is. Some Techniques. say, say mm. it's in the middle mm. of your head. Some say it's in the middle of your eyebrow. Some say it's in the middle of your head by your pan, pineal gland. Right. So like now they're all telling yeah, you to back. focus in all these different areas. So the one that Joe dispenses is mm. focus in the middle of your head of the pineal gland. That's what his one is. But in the middle of the meditation, yeah. do that. There's a few other things you got to do. You buy it. You can get online. And um, in the middle, you do the the bundle locks that I was describing. That breathing. That's his pineal gland meditation. But the breathing yeah. thing, I just did that on my own. But the thing is, Lee, that's no joke, dude. Like I did that. And they say that it, it unleashes all the the all the emotions in your low abdomen, which like your fear, anxiety, anger, and resentment. Everything's kept there by your liver and all that. All the negative. Yeah, so like, so it's supposed to bring that up into your head. Now, I promise you, okay. Lee, I did that for a few months, every morning, every evening, before my other meditations. And I went through hell. Like, well, firstly, I was horny as a fuck. Like, I could just hump, you know, I was ready to hump the first person's leg <laughs> I saw on the street. But like, the, the, <laughs> the thing is, the emotional turmoil that it put me in, I was, I got so depressed. I went into such depression. I was like, I, and I didn't actually know what was wrong with me for a while. I was like, oh my God. And I just come off all my, not, I didn't just come off, sorry. I'd been off my medicine, my medicine for like my antidepressants and anti-anxiety pills for a few months now, like maybe six months or so. And um, mm. and I just thought, oh my God, what the fuck? Is it all coming back? Oh my God, I'm, I'm fucked. It's, it's, I've got to go back on the meds. I've got to go back on my meds. Then I stopped the, then I realized, okay, maybe, and I emailed them and they said, no, it's just stop doing it because it's, it's because I thought maybe it's that. I stopped doing it. And it went away. Well, not immediately, but it subsided and it went away. And I thought, okay. And then I thought, okay, well, let me, maybe it wasn't that. I'm always like, you know, skeptical. I'm like, is it that thing? Is it not that thing? What the fuck? You know, like I can never know. I wish I could just, mm. I wish I just learn how to do muscle testing or diving or something to, to ask these questions. So then I did it again. And the same thing happened, Lee. I went into emotional turmoil. The outrageous horniness came back. So, <laughs> So that thing works, right? And also then I was doing Vipassana on top of that. And the Vipassana, when I did Vipassana after that, the sensations in my body were so intense. Like I was having an orgasm through my whole body. Like it was like I had to even stop sometimes because I couldn't actually take the, the, the amount of like insane sensations I was feeling in my body. But I, I, I contribute that to the Joe Dispenza breathing. But the thing is like, I'm, I, I'm so sure because I actually should have, went on for longer maybe something profound would have happened but uh but the, the sensations were really too much like i had to stop doing it well not completely just stop that in those meditations and then i'll do it again in the evening or the next day or whatever so okay so sorry back to how i did the meditation so basically just sit in my chair like this just sit there and you concentrate on your third eye and 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 once you start building the pressure in your third eye and you can feel the the, the pressure or the tingling or whatever you just do that for like a few weeks, right? So just sitting up straight in the chair and um, with binaural beats, with uh, find ones that bring you into theta or like, or, or ones that stimulate the pineal gland. 
I had the VEX. Which uh, which frequency are we looking? Are we looking at the same frequencies I, I mentioned? Know, how, did, how did the Jill Wexler? I think it was Jill Wexler. Her third arm one. It's, it's actually a whole brain sync. It brings your it brings your whole brain to synchronization or whatever. So I did that one, and I just did thirty minutes in the morning. Well, the track's thirty minutes. The binaural beat, so it's easy. You just know when it's over. The track's over. You finish your meditation, and then when the sensation yeah. after a few weeks got really strong, then I would start directing energy up my spine from the from the ground up through the bottom of the spine up into my in the middle of the head and ones was in my so it would be a breathe in to the top of my head into the middle of my head where the pineal gland was i'd breathe in sucking in the energy pineal gland and then when i breathe out i'll just focus that energy straight onto my the middle of my forehead and then when i felt that it, that was like making it more intense the sensation then i knew that i was that i was onto something but the you've got to be careful because what i realized is that while you, you've got to be completely relaxed you have to like make sure there's no tension in your body so sometimes even now and then you just got to check you got to go through your feet your your legs your knees your, your you got to scan your body and make sure everything's relaxed and you got to go even if you just think in your mind like just relax relax like each body part and then the main thing your forehead because what i noticed is that sometimes i would want the sensation to come so i'd start concentrating and i'd like make my eyes squint like this with with my mm-hmm. And then, um, and then I, the sensation I was feeling was actually you know, muscles tensing on my forehead because I'm frowning. So, mm. Yeah, frowning. So you've got to be careful. You've got to make sure you're not doing that so you can feel that sensation. And then the other thing is do not point your eyes up into that, 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 uh, into that. Eye strain. Because that's yeah, another that's Kundalini. That's mm. another Kundalini. Not a Kundalini, sorry. Well, it's, 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 with Kundalini meditations and third eye meditations, there are some that say you've got to, Point your eyes up into the mm. into your your forehead, but this one I didn't. I didn't do that, so don't do that. Mm. Or if you want to do mine, you can do whatever you want. Do fucking, I but I think you're out there because that that causes eye strain. Because then you're not relaxed. Your eyes are actually straining to see up at the, in the middle of your head. yeah. Because that's actually Shambhavi, and that's mm. actually they say that does direct the energy from your spine up there. But I didn't do that. So and mm. and and also I've done Shambhavi. Mudra Kriya, which is Shambhavi with a whole bunch of other stuff thrown in there with Sadhguru. And I did that for a year and a half almost. And I didn't, nothing happened. But um, anyway, so look, uh, and I did that religiously twice every day. Like religiously, I would not miss it. I would, if I had to go on a plane ride and I had to catch the plane at five o'clock in the morning, I had to be at the airport by three. And I would get up at mm. post two to do it, to, you know, to get ready by three, to leave by four. I'd, Anyway, so this is also which is pretty cool. This is a Muse headband. I don't know if you've seen this. A what? Muse headband. Muse. A Muse headband. I don't know for yeah. people that are not watching a YouTube watch thing. It. If you actually ever get this out on YouTube, let's give the slack with it. But um, the this Muse headband. This is so cool. Check. I even bought two because like it was so cool. I actually even bought another one just in case this one broke. But um, so you put this on your head, right? And it actually yeah. measures your brain waves. <laughs> okay. that? So you get an app. You get an app and it'll teach you, it'll not teach you, it'll show you like what brain state you're in. Okay. So, it, so like, and it, and it actually has like birds tweeting. So if you go into a theta, like into a meditative state, the birds start yeah. tweeting. And then you yeah. can um, monitor like, okay, well, when the birds stop tweeting, you can be like, okay, what was I doing? Okay, do that thing again. And then the birds come back and then the birds would come back and you're like, okay, cool, now I'm on the right track to keep doing that. And then you, it, it helps you build your meditative practice. The birds, personally, for me, are a bit fucking irritating because, like, as soon as the birds started tweeting, I'd like freak, like, what the hell's that? And 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 also wake up out of it. 
Yeah. So, but some people it's really good. Um, where did where did you get them from? What? Amazon. You just buy them on Amazon, or you can go onto the news oh, really? site. News and two. How, how much are they? It's like three thousand rand. It's like I don't know, yeah, two hundred dollars or something. Christmas uh, Christmas present for next year. Yeah, <laughs> but it, it's so amazing the, the technology because there's even games. This thing reads your brain signals. So like, uh, there's games that you can play. So like, uh, there's a little man. Like, you, if you think if you think a certain way, like if you concentrate on a certain thing or like um, whatever, it'll make the man walk. If you want the man to jump, you like think something else, and the man jumps. So it's reading what's going on in your brain, and they. For the Muse app, they they went to monks and they they mapped out monks's uh, brainwaves and they took mm-hmm. like an average of them or something or or whatever and they and that's where it's based on where you get into that state. It'll the bee, birds will start tweeting. Yeah. But so it was very cool for me because with all the different meditations we practiced over the year, I could study which ones were making me go deeper and which ones were not going deeper. But then the problem was that. It, I started. It started actually hindering my my meditation because then it became like a competition for myself, and like it also made me get upset because like if I wasn't, if I didn't have a good meditation that morning because I didn't get any birds or like you can read the graph afterwards. It'll show you where you were in your meditation through like the the session. Then I, if I wasn't yeah. as good as I was the last two days, then I'd get upset with myself and I'd be like, "Wow, oh, I'm not getting there." And and so it started like it started making it like work the meditation because now i've got like goals and challenges and it, then it didn't become fun anymore because so i stopped doing it actually but so you don't use them anymore no but i mean it is pretty i mean look i'll do it now and then just to for interest sake, and then i'll just to see how like what a certain meditation is doing yeah but like uh and i would start i'd collect all the data because you can keep all the data all the graphs on your computer and you can see like how are there a month's time if you've got better or worse or whatever but see, that's, you know, if I wasn't improving over a month, I'd get upset. So then, then what's the point? You know, that's why I stopped doing it. <laughs> okay. But, um, <laughs> all right. Yeah. So basically, you were saying that um, I'm assuming you're spending, uh, so when you're sitting in the chair, your palms are up, you're breathing. So in the breath, breath work, uh, when I was reading um, during the week, to say that you can breathe through your mouth or through your nose, then it doesn't really matter uh, in or out. Yeah, um, that, obviously your 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 breathing that that vibrational technique is it's not the normal like humming. If you go to that clear vision site and actually go and listen to the the audio, there's actually an audio you can go and listen to. It actually, when you're listening to it, it yes. actually demonstrates. It demonstrates yes. what it sounds like. To me, it sounds like a smoker's breath. <laughs> yes, exactly. you know when somebody's been smoking for too many years. <laughs> yes, so that's um. That's exactly it. So that's what, that's what I'm saying. Like my technique, you, the guys, you, you know, whoever's listening can try that out. Or you could just, what I say, like when I when I started doing this one, the Samuel, um, was it Sagan? Sagan. Sagan awakening in the third hour. I mean, that's that brought that sensation on for you the quickest. Um, mm. I think I think it's really good. And also, it's got you know the, the third hour tunnel. There's apparently a tunnel from your forehead all the way to the back, and from the top of each ear through the brain. There's like two third hour tunnels, and that's. Mm. You it's know, a metaphysical it's, tunnel, I'm assuming. It's, a, it's something that appears in the uh, in the other realm. Yeah. But then also, you know, tulpas, which is funny, because, like, I was thinking, you know, a tulpa is like a, a – you know what a tulpa is, obviously. I'm just, just, thought, uh, thought, uh, yeah, it's a thought, 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 form. Uh, thought form, yeah. In Buddhism, like, if you think about something long enough, it will appear in another dimension or whatever. Like, that's why, like, with people that are, are, are very – Clear sentience, whatever they can feel uh, energies, or whatever. If you just imagine like a like a like a solid object, 
in a room and you just keep on imagining it there, keep on imagining it there, it'll become a solid object in that that in that dimension or whatever. And then people that are clear seeing could actually walk and like bump into them and be like, oh my God, what's that there? You know, or like mm-hmm. there's stories of like in Buddhism, they they imagine they would like all put their energy into something that would protect the temple, like a thing, like a and then it become a, li- a live entity, and then it would actually protect the temple, and whoever came near it would it would like attack them or. Mm. Like it's, but it's a soulless entity, though. That's the problem. Yes. So, so that's so that's what I was also thinking. Like when I was imagining that energy going up my spine to my third head, I thought maybe it built a tulpa of actual energy that was just flowing from my from my bottom of my spine up into my head, and then it it just made it just created it like in this other dimension, and then it obviously just sucked up whatever energy I had there and brought it to the top of my head. I don't know, you know, <laughs> if no. Well, I, I, I'm not sure, man, because um, if you have a look at, if you go back to the Egyptian times, they talk about three different bodies that each person has. The car, the bar, and there was an, a, a, another body. But uh, each body has has a different thing. So you've got your physical body, you've got your energy body, and the spirit body. So I think the energy body is where all that stuff comes from the kundalini uh, energies and all that kind of stuff. And, and they, they spoke about that stuff back back then. So I definitely think that there is, um, probably is otherworldly because I think that energy body is what connects us to the other world and is able to move around freely because your physical body can't. I mean, in this physical form, you can't. You actually have to move across to your energy body yeah, or, or your astral body, if you want to call it that. Yeah, And that's why you're able to, that, and that, that, this is why the OBE thing comes in as well because your mind as it is now, it's in the physical realm. You have to be able to consciously put it across to your ethereal body so that you are awake as you are physically. It's a bit, bit of a, a long way, long-winded way of saying it, but it's like putting your awakened mind or your awakened consciousness into your ethereal body so that you can move around on the ethereal plane with your conscious consciousness awake. Yeah. Yeah, that makes yeah, sense. So. Yeah, sense. Yeah, man. Yeah, so definitely, and I think with the energy bodies, with the Kundalini and all that, I think that's it's there. It's always been there. We just haven't been able to activate them for, so some people are, some people have got the, the wisdom and the, and the abilities to do it, but most of us have forgotten over the over the many thousands of years. Yeah. But they say that, that's, that both of that energies will awaken your, your clear audience, sentience, clairvoyance, uh, uh, mm-hmm. whatever, all your clears. <laughs> Yeah. Like if you open but, up either the third eye or the Kundalini energy is the same awakening to you know yeah. spiritual dimensions and all of that stuff. But also what I also heard is that through reading all the books and that is when you do open up your third eye, it automatically opens up all of the chakras. So it actually does create like a Kundalini kind of arising energy yeah. because all your chakras will be open completely. Yeah. If you do open up your third eye, that's one of the philosophies and one yeah, of the of books course. I read. So, so I mean, I know some people have got Slight, um, slight openings. So where people are able to, some people are able to see auras, uh, which is your energy field. Some people can see those. Some people can see your chakras. Some people can see, you know, other things. So I think, uh, as humans, I think we're all able to do it. I think many, many thousands of years we had a, a state that we could do many, many things, and something happened that's put us unable to do it. Something happened in an agenda that we always talk about yeah, put us down. Needs- I think we're too. Changed, I think we're too powerful. Yeah. Changed our DNA. <laughs> we were too powerful out, for them, but <laughs> the fluoride in the water and gave us social yeah. media to keep us distracted. 
Yeah, that's a problem. But I was in a constant state of fear and anxiety. And then all of our beautiful gifts and will be turned off, shut down. And but can can you imagine now? Well, so say for example, you went and practice now for the next year and you awaken all of these things from OBE to clear clear audience to what to levitation. How fearful would you be? I'm really hoping to open up my heart space that I could actually feel love fully and truly. And and because I think that's what's lacking mostly in my life is that I can't actually feel love properly. And I just mm. want that to happen like so badly. And with all of these things, as well as as cool as it is that I, I want it to happen and like, you know, because I do get obsessed with the the phenomenon. And that's also that the mystery school, like I keep on talking about these things to the the higher initiates and I keep on saying, stop getting obsessed about the phenomenon. Stop getting obsessed about the phenomenon. You know, but I can't because it's so cool. <laughs> yeah. But but I do want to like really heal completely that I could. So I'm just hoping that if I awaken all of these things, I will be completely healed. And I and I want to know the truth about everything. I want to know, like, I don't want to be looking at all of the fucking shit on the internet with everyone else's opinions and this is that and this is this and reading 20 third hour books and this fucking whatever. <laughs> I just want to know the truth about everything. I want to I want to just be able to get it somewhere. So that's what, yeah. like uh, so that I can just not only just guard myself like through all of the shit and know what the, what the right direction and you know what is right and what is wrong and what is the truth and so i can guard myself but it would be you know if i if i knew what what it was i could just show other people and and mm. and also like if i could open up my heart space to actually feel love like so unconditionally like that i could also you know help other people that you know if i could figure out how to do that and show people how to do that i mean it would be the greatest thing ever. I mean, I just think that would be the, so if I, you know, that these things get me excited because I think, okay, well, you know, if that's real. Then this other funny healings that I'm doing at the mystery school, which is so weird, that should be real as well. And, and it just gives me confirmation. I'm going to just keep going to try and heal myself. And so I can obviously become a better pe person and, and help other people on a, on a, on a path that's right and true. And yeah, Cool. Not all of this other weird shit that you know everyone else's opinions that people say which that they haven't even experienced, but they believe in it. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. Sure. Well, man, I, I know we've been going on for uh, <laughs> this is by far our longest uh, episode. So for yeah, all those, uh, thank you for thank you for uh, listening for this long end. Um, it is our last one for the year. This is why we made it a little bit longer uh, than normal. So it is the last one for twenty twenty three. We'll be back next week with the uh, Atlantis story, which I think is going to be quite uh, quite interesting. I know Wall's been reading up a lot about it, and uh, so have I. But uh, yeah, cool, man. Well, I think we we gotta we gotta end it there for for tonight, um, and then we can uh, we can get back together again next week, and we can go with the Atlantis one. So yeah, guys, thank you for for listening. We're closing in on uh, on our eight hundred downloads. So thank you for all of those guys around the world for, for listening and downloading. Much, much appreciated. And um, seriously, have a fantastic New Year's and have a great 2024. We'll see you in the first week in 2024. Well, thank you, man, and have a great New Year's with your with your daughter. I know you will. Um, and yeah, we'll we'll check you next week. Yeah, likewise, see. Awesome, man. Cool. See you next have week. a good one, buddy. You too, yeah. man. Yeah.